Good morning. My name is H.G. Stovall. My pronouns are he, him, and that is a thing that I have the privilege of saying to my congregation in Donaldson, Tennessee, when I am the worship leader. Um, and only a few of the old people <laughs> give me that look. I'm a layperson in the United Methodist Church. Um, I spent many years pondering a call to what I later learned uh, in our tradition is called ordained ministry. And I am grateful that in the middle of the pandemic, I was able to send an email to the assistant dean of Duke Divinity School and say, it's really nice for you to offer me a free scholarship and a program designed to bring people into your Divinity School, uh, but you're getting in the way of me being um, in ministry and I'm going to have to pass. I don't think Dr. Lacey Warner had ever heard someone say that, but she was gracious in her response and said, you are doing good work, HG, continue. And that is now even more so because at the time I was chair of the board of Nashville Launchpad and now I serve as executive director. It's a role I've been in for about a year after we had what can only lovingly be called a leadership vacuum. These are the variables that Frank referenced. <laughs> Sometimes they just come. Our mission, uh, which is also in your bulletin, thank you for that, is to create a network of temporary, safer, street-free sleeping shelters for unhoused young adults, which are open and affirming to LGBTQ plus individuals and their allies. We had a more complicated mission statement a year ago that wasn't as clear, and that led a few of our guests in Winter Shelter, our LGBT guests, to say, the straight kids are annoying. <laughs> and my amazing program director, Micah, said, I don't think it's because they're straight. <laughs> I took a more direct path and would occasionally say, who would you like us to discriminate against? Just asking. But now we have a motto, which is, welcome to Launchpad. You don't have to be gay, but you can't be a jerk. Right? And you can substitute that last word for whatever room you're in. I welcome you to do that. We are Middle Tennessee's only fully affirming emergency shelter for either young adults or adults in general. You can go other places. There's an NPR interview um, from this summer where some of my guests, my alumni guests, shared some things about a certain giant compound in downtown Nashville where many, many people go. And you can go there, and I'll talk about that more later. I didn't become homeless the day I came out to my parents at the age of 22, like so many do. But 50% of young adults do. 50% report that they are asked to leave or they are not discouraged from leaving when they say, I will not stay in a place where I cannot be myself. I don't like that. But that is why Launchpad is so important. That's why Launchpad exists. We began in 2014 as a temporary response when the only other shelter in town that hosted adults over 18 closed after a lack of funding. 
We are a scrappy crew, I think is the way to say it. We began with one night of shelter on the campus of Vanderbilt. How much safer can you get? It was wonderful. Has anyone heard of Thistle Farms or the Reverend Becca Stevens? Amen, yes. So we started under the loving wings of Reverend Becca Stevens in her campus center. And to this day, she still sends me a random check every year. And it's great to have that kind of moral support behind you, let me tell you. So we provided one night a week of safer sleep that first year, and then another, and then another. And by 2018, we're up to five nights a week. And then this weird guy showed up named HG, and he said, why can't we do seven? And somebody said, well, you know, the overnight shift is eight hours, and um, a typical work week is 40 hours, and that just fits perfectly with five. And I said, math problems should not get in your way. <laughs> well, suddenly I was in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so uh, we had so proudly issued a bold plan to provide seven nights of sleep across three or four different church sites by the fall of 2019. Awesome. Who remembers what happened in March of 2020? Anybody? Yeah. Well, we just kind of decided that maybe 20 strangers sleeping on random mattresses in the middle of a fellowship hall or a gym of a church was maybe not the most loving contextual response. Um, oh, no, what do we do? So as we all sat condemned to the Zoom squares, right, our board made a commitment. This is a paraphrase. Screw it, we're going to put these kids in hotels until we run out of money. And we did. But we didn't run out of money because thankfully we got a federal grant to keep them safe and warm in hotels. And we ran into the summer well beyond our winter season. But they wouldn't come out. <laughs> and who can blame them? They had a fridge and a bathroom and a microwave and praise the heavens, a thermostat for the first time. I might not would have come out either. And our case management outcomes plummeted because who wanted to go looking for an apartment and establish electricity and collect furniture, you know, all that adulting garbage that we have to do when they had a cocoon. So two years later, we decided we're gonna, we're gonna switch it up. So we used a practice that I'd realized while working at Vanderbilt and touring Duke and Emory, which was, why do the freshmen have to walk down the hall to go to the bathroom? Socialization, that's why. So we moved to apartments that at least you had to come out of your room to get to the fridge or the Pop-Tarts <laughs> or the bathroom. Soon, we had a great community. But, just as your principles say, we are in a web. Nothing happens in a vacuum. And next thing you know, psych hospitals were dumping patients on us because we had staff. Oh boy, now what? Okay, great. Well, okay, happy summer, we're out of money, now what do we do? Okay. Well, let's go back to our roots. Let's create winter shelter again. And we're gonna take the money that was serving maybe 15 or 20 people a year and put that back in a winter shelter. Who wants to guess how many people we served last winter season? 50? 
50. Going once. 76. Wow. 76 brilliant, beautiful young people who, at the end of our season on April 1st, 85% of them had a stable housing placement. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that my people wanted me to lead them, and we did it. And we did it at the hands of loving congregations like y'all who wash a load of laundry or bring a dinner for these 25 young people or who hang out and operate the bag drop. We don't say bag check because we're not going through your stuff. We're just keeping it safe so you can sleep with both eyes closed. It is an amazing thing to see. But I digress. I believe that we are called to love everyone. I call on the gospel of Planet Hollywood at this point, their original mission statement from which they have drifted. <laughs> Love all, serve all. They later added have fun, make money. They failed at that, but it's fine. Launchpad is the best choice that our young people have. Uh, and we intend to grow beyond winter, but we know that's the worst part. And what we have seen is amazing graduation rates out of the apartment that we kept without staff. It is fantastic. When they graduate into their own place, we give them a welcome home kit with all that stuff you don't think about. Trash can, laundry detergent, the starter pack, if you will. And that's another way you can support our work. I'll never forget my first night volunteering in shelter. I was working the bag drop, and a young person approached the table in front of the closet where we receive things. I'll cry a little. It was one of those cold Nashville nights you know, 40 degrees, damp, the kind that would have an occasional wind that would just kind of shake your bones, and just overall uncomfortably chilly. Jody and I greeted one another, and they turned over their coat, they turned over their backpack. But they kept a small spiral-bound notebook on the table. I offered Jody their sheets and their blanket and their pillow to make their bed. And I said, I can take your notebook also. And he's, they said, no, I need to take it with me. I said, you're going to the shower. I know. What I learned was this was Jody's first night with us. They'd been staying at the Mission downtown. They were small in stature. They'd been bullied a little. They had some PTSD because they weren't allowed to use their name. They were required to use their legal name there, their dead name. Everyone know what a dead name is? We can skip that part. You're not Methodist. <laughs> Jody had spent a week being forced to use their dead name and to use the wrong bathroom and the wrong shower and carrying the gender dysphoria and pain that that brought. Can you even imagine? A week later, I'm back in shelter, I'm back at my post, and Jody approaches. 
Another one of those awful Middle Tennessee nights, right? They approached the table, turned over their coat, turned over their bag, and this time looked at me in a hopeful but tentative voice. Can I hold your hands? I remember they were warm. I don't remember our hands brushing the week before, but we stood there for a few moments with me warming Jody's hands. They gave me their notebook long enough to shower. This is the work of Nashville Launchpad. One night at a time, one warm meal, one hot shower at a time. Since 2014, 20,000 nights of this safer sleep have occurred. I don't know how, but it does. It is deep, difficult, but joyful work. These young people arrive tired, frequently cold, sometimes wet, probably carrying most, if not all, of their worldly possessions on their backs. But not just that, trauma. My goodness, the trauma. Trauma from abuse, neglect, hunger, and because it's Tennessee, let's face it, discrimination. Sometimes it can be hard for them to show appreciation. We have to remember that. We have to remember that in the iceberg of their life, we only see that which is above the surface. And that is why every Launchpad staff member and every Launchpad volunteer is trained in trauma-informed care and de-escalation techniques. What we tell you is the last thing you wanna do is run across the room and say, what did you do? We walk swiftly, but with a purpose across the room and say, what happened? <laughs> What's going on? It is such a generally peaceful place. There are unexpected variables. But it is such a gentle place that when asking a local congregation to dedicate their abandoned daycare wing to us, that one guy said, what about weapons? What are you going to do with their weapons? And my program director said, uh, keep them for them. They're generally so happy to have a roof that there are not kerfuffles, right? But bits of joy do shine through. Sometimes you catch a laugh. Sometimes you catch a smile. You might see a little bond forming as one of our volunteers eats lasagna with one of the guests. My favorite spot is our church that has a piano in the basement and someone randomly begins playing the piano. The young people prefer the one that has a basketball goal and that's good too because then the energy gets out and they all sleep better and then that makes for a better night. No reason. On our Instagram, you'll find artwork that they've created. You'll find poetry that they've created. Take a visit, they're beautiful. 
I I know I was one of the lucky ones. But I spent years searching for a faith community that accepted me. Now, that's privilege, right? I had the privilege of driving across town, but should I have to drive 35 minutes to worship? I say no. Somehow I kept the faith that there was a place for me. I don't know how, right? I don't know how as a kid hearing all of the garbage from a Southern Baptist pulpit, I made it, but I did. So I remember the effort it takes for those 76 brilliant young people to trust us enough to walk in that door because that is the last island, the last point of safety. Research indicates that LGBT young people are 120% more likely to experience homelessness than their straight counterparts. I'm not a mathematician, but our data this last season showed that 45% of our guests were LGBT. So if you take the fact that we assume that the general population is 7 to 11% LGBT, that feels more like, oh, I don't know, three, 400, 600 percent. And that's worse than the numbers out of New York City at only 35 percent. It's alarming, indeed. And then 67 percent are people of color, black indigenous people of color. So a thought occurred to me not long ago, Launchpad is not a homeless shelter. Launchpad is a justice organization, righting the wrongs of our society every day. Join us. I'll be staying afterward to answer specific questions, but thank you for having me.